Thank you, Tammy. And our Gospel reading for this morning comes from the book of Matthew. We're in the 25th chapter, verses 14 through 17. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gathered two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. The word of God for the people of God. I was very honored when Tammy asked me a few weeks ago to speak on Lay Sunday. I said, I'm happy to do this. I believe I do have a wreath of flowers from us from Hawaii, and I can easily be the speaker at Lay Sunday. I was quickly informed that was not what she had in mind. Uh, I learned a lot. We are the laity. That's us. Uh, we, don't usually, we usually think of ourselves as members of the church, but we have a fancy name for it. And so that's what we are. That's who we are. And we're going to talk today about the laity. What is it that we do? What is our role in the church? And really, it's pretty important because when you go to a typical congregation, you're going to find a whole lot more laity than you are pastors. We're the ones who carry out the work, hopefully with the great leadership, the guidance, the spiritual counseling of a wonderful pastoral staff, but we're the ones who have to go out there, dig in the dirt, and do the work. So I chose as our reading today a very well-known uh, parable. Toward the end of the book of Matthew, Jesus' followers have asked him, what's the end of time going to be like? We still wonder about this today. People make tons of money writing books, speculating on what the end of time is going to be like. There are probably as many theories about the end of time as there are people who want to make money writing books. So it's a lot of people, a lot of ideas. Jesus had a really tough time explaining this, because this is a phenomenon that hasn't happened yet. And so he had to go back to parables to try to show them sort of what it's going to be like. In each of the parables, the parable of the ten virgins, things like this. Each of these parables has one aspect of the coming, the second coming of Christ. And today we're going to look specifically at the parable that pretty much tells us what we're supposed to be doing in the meantime. Now for many of the early Christians, they thought, okay, first coming, second coming is going to be 10, 15 years down the road. They miscalculated just a little bit. It's been around 2,000 years. 
and we're still in that period of time waiting. So we don't know how much longer it's going to be. That's another of the phrases that Jesus came up with. It's going to happen like a thief in the night. Nobody knows the time, the date, any of that. But today's lesson, the lesson of the bags of gold, you probably remember it as the lesson of the talents. We'll talk about that word in a minute. But the lesson of the talents, what are you supposed to do after Jesus leaves and before he comes back for the second coming? So it's not a difficult parable to understand. You don't have to have a big theological background. It's it's pretty much laid out for you from the beginning. It will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. Generally, in a, in a parable like this, the rich person, the rich man, the ruler, the person who has servants, that represents God. And the people that he deals with are his followers, the people who uh, claim to be religious and follow God. He entrusted his wealth to them. Clearly, we can see a lot of parallels here. God has given us many things in the world to use to his glory. The question is, what do we do with these things that we have? To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, to another one bag. Life isn't fair. We all know this. Some people have lots and lots of abilities and talents. Some of us scrape by doing one or two things well. That's not the issue. The issue is what we do with the things that we have. But this ruler, the man who has gone away, has pretty much already known these three servants. They've they spent time with him already. They've got their 20-year pins. And he's already been through several annual reviews. He knows strengths here, weaknesses there. Who can he trust? Who can he not trust? And there's one really outstanding employee. He can give him five sacks of gold. And the guy doesn't waste any time. He earns this money. He earns his reputation. He went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. I believe he did probably what I would like to do if somebody gave me five bags of gold. I would invest an apple. Now, he probably invested in apple trees. I would invest in apple computers, but, you know, same difference. He found something to do with this money. He bought land with it. He perhaps traded for goods. He did something really smart. We've all known people like this, people who could take money and make more money. And the rule is generally the more money you have, the more money you'll make. Richard Branson, the owner of Virgin Airlines, was once asked, how do you become a millionaire owning an airline? He said, it's simple. You start out as a billionaire. And he was successful. 
So it takes money to make money. But this guy, he goes out there, he works hard, he doubles the money. Very good. Just, just what the master wanted him to do. So also, the one with two bags of gold gained two more. Now, this guy got less than half as much to start with. But we don't hear any complaints, any grumbling. His abilities, his talents, were judged by the master to be less than the other man's. But nonetheless, he goes to work. He's industrious. He doubles his money as well. Not bad. If you can get 100% return on your investment, you're doing pretty well. And now we come on the last guy. The guy that we don't want to be like. But the one who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. Now people who hide money in the ground have gotten a very bad reputation from this particular parable. But I was reading this week that many archaeologists are grateful for people like this. This is where those coins that you see in the museum came from. They went out, the archaeologists who found the, the people probably died and didn't tell anybody where they hid it or they got you know, captured by the enemy or whatever. And so the archaeologists have these treasure troves of coins with Caesar on their face or the various Babylonian gods or whatever it is. So, hey, don't, don't count these guys out. In our century, these are the people who hide their money in the mattress. I guess, or wherever it is people hide stuff these days. After a long time, the master of these servants returned and settled accounts with them. Okay, so for all this time, they knew he was coming back. No question the guy's going to come back. He's expecting something from them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. All right. Master's happy. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. To me, five bags of gold is not a few things. Five bags of gold, and, and there are different estimates of how much money this was, but probably thousands of dollars the kind of stuff that an average laborer in Jesus' day wouldn't make in a lifetime. He got five bags of it. He did well. But obviously, what Jesus is trying to get across is what's going to happen at the end of time. So in the analogy here, the master is God. You're going to come, he's going to come back, and this is your entrance into heaven. And the spiritual gifts from God, the wonderful things that God has waiting for us, make the gold dim by comparison. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. 
You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. In this sense, there is some equality. One guy presents him with five bags of gold, the other with two, but they both get exactly the same approval rating from the master. The master is thrilled. They took all that they had, they took their talents, they used them, and they returned it. So here's a guy who started by giving out eight bags of gold to his servants, and now he's got 14 bags back. He has done pretty well. And so now he can really hope that guy number three did well. But we know that that's not going to be the case. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. This is not the beginning of a good report. If you're a business owner and the first thing you see is this pitiful me kind of excuse at the beginning of the monthly report, you're just stealing yourself for bad news. This is not going to be happy. He's accusing the boss of basically being greedy and not being a good business person. So what comes next is no surprise. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. Well, at least he didn't steal it. He presented back every coin from that gold bag that was given to him. He wasn't a thief, but he didn't do anything. He just let it sit there and get dirty in a hole in the ground. The master is not happy. You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Yes, I'm exactly the kind of business person you say I am. I'm expecting something out of my employees. Not happy. Well, then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. And yes, the Romans did have a banking system. They had some regulation. Uh, you could make uh, some dollars, some, some money, some uh, drachma back. If you deposited money, they would pay you some interest. You did not want to have a Caesar's credit card, though, because you think our interest rates are bad, Theirs were a lot worse. They'd probably cut off your hands if you tried to get more. Anyway, it was, not, it was not a happy situation. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more. And they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they do have, will be taken from them. Again, life's not fair. Guy gets 15 bags of gold back out of the eight that he had invested. He did well. But it really wasn't about the money. It was about the attitude. Was the servant faithful in what he had? Then throw that worthless servant outside who in, into the darkness 
for there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And those are the key words that we're all familiar with when Jesus is condemning somebody to hell. That he's being sent away. This is not where he belongs. He, he doesn't belong with the good guys. And so the evil here, the bad thing, is wasting his opportunities. Well, the last thing I'll say about this, this is the uh, NIV translation that I read. They talk about a bag of gold. The original Hebrew word translated into Greek and in the early English translations was the word talent. Now, talent we use today to describe a special ability. I mean, we've already seen a display of great talent up here this morning. This is a very talented church. We have talented people all around us in that sense of the word. The use of the word talent, which used to mean a weight, then it meant a monetary good, and now it means an ability, comes from this very parable. The Oxford English Dictionary cites Matthew 25 as the first time the, use, the word is used in that context. And when a whole new meaning comes to a word from this kind of usage, that means it has become part of our culture. We really understand it that way. Well, what does that have to do with us as lay people? We all have talents, some many, some fewer, but we all have things that we can do. <coughs> we can use these things, we can make the church a better place, we can make the world around us a better place. And that's what Jesus is expecting of his faithful followers. He's expecting all of us, whatever our callings in life, not to take what we have and hide it and pretend we don't have it, but to use it to God's glory. And that, for our Laity Sunday, is a message to us. Make ourselves available. Try new things. You'll fail. I promise I failed at a lot of things and learn from that failure. Don't try it again. But things that do work out for you, things that work well, if you have a talent, then use it. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Father in heaven, we're so grateful to you for giving us the talents that you have shared with us. And on this Laity Sunday, help us to consider what we can do for you, what ways we can use our talents to make this world a better place, to make the church a stronger church, and to help us show our love for you. Help us to share your love and our talents with those around us this week. In Christ's name, amen.